Back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor in chief at BuffaloRumlings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumlings QA on the Buffalo Rumlings Podcast Network. That was fun, huh? The Buffalo Bills took out the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football to put an exclamation point on their season, sweeping the New England Patriots for the first time since 1999 and handing Bill Belichick his worst home loss as a member of the New England Patriots. So let's get into that game a little bit. Uh, We've got some questions about how the Bills should approach the rest of the season and into uh, the playoffs and offseason and lots of other stuff to cover this morning. Before we get to my takeaways from the game, I just wanted to briefly go over what's going on with the AFC playoff picture. Right now, the Buffalo Bills sit in the second spot in the AFC, they cannot move up to the first spot anymore. The Chiefs have clinched the number one seed in the AFC and will likely rest a bunch of their starters uh, this weekend. Uh, Andy Reid, the Chiefs head coach, has already said that. Uh, the Bills and Steelers both can still win the second or third seed. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, however, haven't had a bye week since week four of the NFL season. They haven't even got a mini buy. Uh, they were supposed to have a week eight buy, but the Tennessee Titans COVID outbreak flipped their week four and week eight games. So the Steelers had their buy in week four. Then they were supposed to play the Baltimore Ravens on Thanksgiving and get an extra few days off there at the end of November. But that didn't happen either because the Baltimore Ravens COVID outbreak kept pushing that game later and later. So they didn't get a true couple days off after that Thursday game either. So the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, with super old Ben Roethlisberger as their quarterback haven't had a bye since September. So it really is in the Steelers' best interest to rest a bunch of their starters this weekend against the Cleveland Browns so that they can get right before the playoffs. The Buffalo Bills may want to do that as well. We haven't heard yet from Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean what they're going to do there. Uh, without home field advantage uh, in the stands, without you know Bills fans actually being in the stands, and even if they are, it'll be something like 7,000 Bills fans, versus you know whatever the number of fans is allowed in Pittsburgh. I don't think they've had any fans in the stands there in Pittsburgh. I don't know if home field advantage matters quite as much uh, without the fans in the stands as it would in a normal year. So I'm of the belief that the Bills should definitely rest anybody that's nicked up, anybody that's struggling a little bit. Um, they should probably get John Brown back in um, if he clears the COVID protocol. Uh, just to get his feet back under him. He's been out for a while. Um, I think Josh Allen's probably going to play the first series, maybe the first quarter, trying to break the Buffalo Bills passing record. But once that happens, uh, I I would imagine that the Bills are going to sit down a bunch of their starters and, um, and try to stay healthy for the postseason. If both the Bills and Steelers win, Buffalo gets the two seed. If both the Steelers and Bills lose, Buffalo gets the two seed. The only way Buffalo doesn't is if the Steelers win and the Bills lose. And um, either way, the Bills avoid the Kansas City Chiefs until the AFC Championship game. And they're really the only team that I'm worried about being able to keep up with the Bills in a track meet. And so 
I don't really think being the two or the three seed matters too much. Um, and I've been getting that question a lot this week. Our first question actually comes from at Defins, a Miami Dolphins follower on Twitter, who asks us, uh, I'm a rival Dolphins fan. What are the chances that Buffalo rests their starters in week 17 against Miami so Buffalo can stay healthy for their Super Bowl run? Now, Miami, if they win, they are in the postseason. Even if they lose, they have multiple paths to the postseason. But their best bet to get to the playoffs is to beat the Buffalo Bills on Sunday in week 17. And so I think that's a distinct possibility with what I just said about the Bills resting their starters. If I'm the Buffalo Bills coaching staff and leadership council, I'm not worried about sweeping the entire AFC East and going 6-0 in the division. I'm worried about one thing, and that's making a Super Bowl run. And getting my guys healthy is way more important in that regard than beating the Miami Dolphins in Week 17 or even securing the number two seed over the number three seed. Um, if if it meant that the Bills would be able to get you know a bye week like it has in the past, um, I'd be all for the Bills you know, playing all out in Week 17. But it doesn't, and so I, I don't think it really matters too much this year. Thanks for your question, even if you're a lousy Dolphins fan on Twitter. My five takeaways from the game start with uh, it's too bad Brian Dable is going to be gone next year. I just don't see a way where Brian Dable isn't you know, handpicked to do to another team what he did in Buffalo. And that's to take a raw quarterback prospect like Josh Allen and turn him into an all-pro and MVP candidate. It's just too valuable in this league to you know, ignore that what, what Brian Dable has been able to do in Buffalo. He comes from you know, two successful coaching trees now, Sean McDermott and Bill Belichick. He also has uh, ties to Nick Saban, where he coached at Alabama. He just he knows how to win. He has been seasoned in a lot of really good places. He's shown that he can develop a quarterback. It's exactly what general managers and team owners are looking for. So, um, you know, he is the leading receiver in the NFL and Stefan Diggs. And uh, Josh Allen has set franchise records in Buffalo. He's going to be a very attractive candidate. And the best thing the Bills can do if they want to keep Brian Dable is to win the Super Bowl and keep him off the market for as long as possible. I still don't think that's going to matter very much. Uh, He can interview for a job right now via Skype. uh, And then, you know, as the postseason progresses, they have another opportunity to get together and interview as well. Uh, He can't be hired until the Bills are done at least officially. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they replace him in the offseason. And I'm sure we'll get more into that uh, as Dable goes through you know, the hiring process somewhere else. The Bills have in-house options uh, at offensive coordinator. And um, there are also some outside options at offensive coordinator. My next takeaway was that clinching the 2-3 seed was big. Um, I've already talked about this a little bit in the podcast today that – being able to avoid the Chiefs until the AFC Championship game is big because I think that the Chiefs are the only team that can play with the Bills the way Buffalo's been playing right now. You know, Baltimore might be able to slow down the game and run the ball, but they're not going to be able to score at the clip that the Bills are scoring, especially if the Bills are at 100% health in that uh, receiver core. 
There was a fake punt in this game. The Buffalo Bills uh, had a punt blocked last year against the Patriots. Uh, this year, they were ready for it. Uh, when the Patriots brought the Gunners, or the, the Jammers, I should say, when they brought the Jammers in to try to block the punt, it left the Gunners uh, open and exposed on the outside. Jaquan Johnson just turned, threw the ball, and uh, Saran Neal caught it for a nice uh, fourth down conversion. It was one of three fourth down conversions that the Bills had in the first half while they were still putting the exclamation point onto the game and they were still putting the game out of reach. Um, it was just really nice to see Sean McDermott giving the green light for a play like that. I don't think that was the play call on the sideline. I think it was more of, if you see this look, you can do this, um, as opposed to, you know, them going out there and, you know, planning to run a fake punt no matter what. Um, that's not the type of fake punt that you usually see just called. Um, but if you see that your gunner's, you know, uncovered, then you can uh, make that decision. And that's exactly what they did. And uh, it's really good coaching. So it was nice to see that. And then watching Bill Belichick punt on fourth and short in Bill's territory later in the first half just made my heart warm. Uh, he knew that his team wasn't going to win by that point. Uh, so that was a very interesting. I'm still worried about the run defense, especially because of the Baltimore Ravens that we talked about earlier. But even the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, the, the Chiefs piled up 245 yards on the ground against the Bills earlier this year. And I know that that was part of the game plan and it almost worked, but it's just a concern of mine. The Bills are going to have to be in a track meet with other teams um, if they're going to win games like that. You know, if, if you're going to win a game giving up 245 yards on the ground, you've got to score a lot and um, it just leaves less room for error. I wish that the Bills run defense was able to lock it down in big moments. We'll see if they are able to uh, in the playoffs this year. It's not a huge concern for me. You have to pick your poison sometimes, but um, you know, the Patriots had 83 yards rushing on a 90 yard second quarter drive, including Cam Newton's touchdown run. Um, it just, it's something that can concern me, but also not be like a fatal flaw. So please, you know, keep your pitchforks safely stowed in your barn or garage. Okay. So so how much fun was it to watch Lee Smith running at full speed after getting that little dump off pass from Josh Allen? It was fun. Two catches for 31 yards and a touchdown for the Bills blocking tight end, or at least that's what he's called. It's the second most yards he's gained in a single game in his entire career, which surprised me that he had gained more than that. Uh, but uh, he got lost in the shuffle twice. It was some really nice play design. Um, you know, the, the linebacker took a nice step forward on the goal line. And Lee Smith uh, was able to run right past him and leak out to the left side um, for a touchdown pass. And then his long catch and run was just a, a nice little misdirection. He blocked for a second or two and then released. Um, the Bills dumped it over the top. They had run a clear out route beyond it. And Smith just ran, 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 ran for 20 something yards. So it was really, really nice play designs on both of them. My final takeaway was just a bunch of odd and ed odds and ends because we wrote several articles about Josh Allen's season uh, breaking records. We wrote several articles about Stefan Diggs breaking records for each individual record that they broke. So I want you to go check those out at buffalorumblings.com, but we couldn't ignore them. They had four drives and four scores in the first half before the kneel down to end the second quarter. Um, Dawson Knox dropped the touchdown and so did Taiwan Jones. 
But Knox made up for it with three catches for 51 yards, including some really difficult catches later in the game. The Bills made it a priority to run it early um, and again late, and they finished with 131 yards on 31 attempts. Uh, that's a pretty good yards per attempt average, and uh, Zach Moss in particular was very effective against the New England Patriots. Um, 474 yards to 201 yards, 31 first downs to 11 first downs, almost 40 minutes time of possession. It was just a great game from the offense and the defense, and so I'm just going to say that, generally speaking, that it was a great game from the Bills' offense and defense without getting too specific. Um, Stephon Diggs was a man possessed. Uh, whether it was the, the trash talking at the beginning of the game that Monday Night Football uh, really kind of highlighted, or it was just, you know, the Bills wanting to put, you know, a stamp um, on their season and put the rest of the league on notice, whatever it was. Uh, he just was a man possessed. Uh, so again, go read all those articles about the great play from Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs over at buffalorumblings.com. They didn't make it specifically into my takeaways just because I, I could talk about Josh Allen all day and uh, how Stefan Diggs is just so pretty running routes and how he's brought just a great edge to this team. There's just too, too many things to say about Stefan and Josh to put into my takeaways every single week. So go check out those articles over at buffalorumblings.com. When we come back from this quick break, it'll be time to go over your questions, so don't go anywhere. Uh, Jack sends us a message over on Twitter. I have a rules question, which I haven't heard come up and I thought of during the game. When Isaiah McKenzie goes in motion, can you hard count and fake hike? If not, why not? Does everyone have to be set? No, everyone doesn't have to be set. Nobody can be going toward the line of scrimmage. That's why McKenzie's going uh, laterally on that jet sweep motion uh, that we've seen so much from him. Yes, they can do the hard count there um, and fake it out. Um, I don't know if they have. That's a better question, I think. Um, but they definitely can do that. Um, you know, and you've seen McKenzie do that before, where he comes across and the Bills fake hut. And then he'll, you know, clear out through Allen and then come back again. So all of it's to create misdirection. Yes, they can uh, do that. Thanks for your question over on Twitter at Rumlings Q and A. Uh, Jay Neeland 41 asks us, uh, does Brian Dable go with a boring generic game plan against Miami in week 17 in case we play them in the first round? I think he's going to go with a boring generic game, even if we're not going to face Miami in the first round. It's actually pretty unlikely now that we face Miami in the first round because they're, you know, especially if they beat the Bills, they're going to be probably the five seed, uh, which is way up. Uh, and, and they'll be facing the Tennessee Titans or Indianapolis Colts, whoever wins the AFC South. So do I think that the Bills are going to go with a generic game plan? Absolutely. Um, we could see like, you know, some trick plays or something like that just to keep, you know, defenses honest moving forward, especially if Matt Barkley's in there and they're trying to get something going on offense. But I don't think we're going to see like this massive game planning um, attacking style of offense from the Buffalo Bills. It's going to be a lot more generic, a lot more take what the defense gives you, um, whether 
Josh Allen or Matt Barkley are in the game. If Josh Allen's in the game, it'll be to keep him and the rest of the Bills offense healthy um, while keeping them sharp for the wild card round. If it's Matt Barkley, it's just going to be because of his physical limitations. Even if it's Jake Fromm uh, or I guess Davis Webb, uh, the Bills are going to go in with a little bit of a different mentality this game uh, to try and protect You know the, what you were saying there to try and protect their playbook, but also to protect their players. Over at buffalorumblings.com, Ghost of Rubio asks us about AJ Epinesa. How has he been playing recently? I haven't noticed very much. He had a nice pass rush um, against the Patriots on Monday night. Uh, he was flagged for a personal foul for roughing the passer. I guess he made contact with uh, Jared Stidham's head. Uh, it was kind of a weak call. But, I mean, we see that call every week, so it's you know kind of hard to be surprised by it. Um, I think he's been playing really well, and he's been playing so well that Trent Murphy has been inactive for the last several weeks. Um, geez, it's got to be going on like six or eight weeks now that uh, Trent Murphy has been inactive because of how well A.J. Epinesa has been playing. So that's something that's very heartening for me to see is that they're getting him a lot of snaps. He's stepping up. He's maturing. He's becoming that real pass rusher. And uh, it's too bad he didn't get a full training camp and offseason program to really come into his own before his rookie year. Um, I think you're starting to see him play a lot better as we move into the latter part of the season. Thanks for the question over at buffalorumblings.com. B. Mormon 2020 asks us, how are you using all of that cap space next year if you're the New England Patriots? Well, I think obviously they're going to start at the quarterback position, um, and whether that's drafting a guy or signing a guy, that's where you have to start if you're the Patriots. So I think they're going to end up signing a veteran, which is going to take up a chunk of that money. Uh, they have, I think, the fourth most cap space in the NFL going into 2021 was the stat that we heard on Monday Night Football last night. So getting that position situated is important. They only have one quarterback signed for next year. And so whether that's bringing back Cam Newton, which I would be surprised by, or you know, adding a different veteran uh, to compete uh, would probably be my guess. Um, they also have guys supposedly returning from the COVID-19 opt-out list. Um, they're going to have to address their wide receiver position, as they always seem to have to do. Uh, so bringing in a veteran at the wide receiver position would certainly help them. They, they need to help their offense. And so they've been losing pieces on their offensive line. They've been losing wide receivers. They obviously lost a bunch of tight ends. And of course, they lost Tom Brady. So they really need to get that in gear. That's where I would be spending my money if I was the New England Patriots, rebuilding the offense. Thanks for your question over on Twitter, at A. One more thing before we go, lost in the shuffle of week 16 was the 2021 Bills schedule, or at least the opponents being set. Um, that information is over at buffalorumblings.com. The Bills are playing a first place schedule, boys and girls, so they're going to be playing um, the AFC South and the NFC South, plus games against the Kansas City Chiefs and Pittsburgh Steelers. New in 2021, they're going to be playing a 17th game and it looks like from all reports that it's going to be the top team from the NFC East. Um, in this case, it will be whoever wins the NFC East in week 17. That's the only opponent and location we don't know yet. So 
keep it locked into Buffalo Rumblings for all of that news. That information is over on our website right now. As always, you can send in your questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405. You can text or leave a voicemail at that account. You can tweet us at RumblingsQ&A. Send us emails, rumblings at sbnation.com. There are just so many ways to get in touch with the show, and we'd love to hear from you. It really makes it better. You can send us Facebook messages or Instagram messages. Those will make their way to me as well. Um, until the end of the regular season, and we're getting ready for the playoffs, Go Bills.